stories. Who likes stories? Who listens to stories? Oh, okay, good, good. I'm in the right place then. Because I want to read a story to you. Um, it's a story... Uh, yeah, there you go. Of a donkey. And it's called The Donkey's Day Out by Anne Pilling. I, I shortened it a little bit. And so I'm going to read the first part to you. Are you ready? Fred was an old donkey at Hoggart's farm. One morning, Mr. John, the owner of the farm, and William, the chief stable boy, were leading a young horse, jet black and very scared, out of a horse box. Fred saw him plunge and kick and shy away as they tried to get him through the gate. The two men walked across the grass. Mr. John patted Fred's tubby sides. Call him down, old boy, he said. He's a great jumper, but he's very nervous. And they went away. What's your name? Fred said, trotting up to the young racehorse. Tarquin. Oh, that's a good name. It's the name of a king, the horse said proudly. What's yours? Uh, Fred. It sounded silly after Tarquin. The horse dropped his head and started to graze. They didn't talk anymore then, but in the night Fred heard a little sniffling noise. Tarquin the Proud was crying. What's the matter? asked Fred, snuggling up to him. I was dreaming about my mother. We were in a horse box once. It crashed and she was killed. killed. I miss her so much. And a tear rolled down his nose. Never mind, Fred said. You've got me. To cheer him up, he told him all about the Hoggards and how he didn't like horse boxes either. When the sun came up over the river, they were still talking. Tarquin and Fred were already firm friends. Tarquin told him the high hedges and fences he would have to jump, how the horses sometimes crashed into each other, how the riders limped home on crutches with their heads bandaged. Fred didn't want his best friend to get hurt. Soon you'll be so grand, you won't want to be friends with me anymore, he said rather gloomingly. Don't be silly, Tarquin told him. You're my best friend. When spring came, Tarquin ran in his first big race. Mr. John hired a very expensive horse box and they had Fred out and put him in the horse box first. Me, he thought. That must be a mistake. Then he heard Mr. John whisper to the drivers, this is a difficult horse. As the old donkey calms him down, we want to win the Junior Gold Cup today. I'm not taking any risks. Tarquin winged with pleasure when he saw Fred. They talked all the way to the races, but when they arrived, Everybody forgot about Fred. Good luck, he said, as Tarquin was led off to be saddled and brilliant. Then the horse box was driven to the edge of the field and locked up. All afternoon, Fred strained his long ears to work out what was happening. When at last Tarquin came back to the field, there was a garland of flowers around his neck, and Mr. John was carrying a gold cup. As they got Tarquin into the box, Fred was... Um, squashed into a corner to make room for another racehorse called Grey Prince.
He was coming to live at Hogwarts too. Tarquin told, talked to the new horse all the way home. He never spoke to Fred, not even when the donkey whispered, Well done! It was all grey prints now, and the races, and his garland of flowers, and his big gold cup. Fred kept trying to join in, but the others, the other two just ignored him. He's young, the donkey said to himself, and he's just had a great victory. That's why he doesn't want to talk. That's, what, that's why he wants to talk to his new friend. But inside, something was making him want to cry. Now that Tarquin was a champion, William kept him very busy and jumping out on the hills, and he shared a new field with Grey Prince. Fred, still in the old paddock, never saw him at all, and he felt very lonely. One afternoon, two strange boys came from the village. One leaped on the donkey's back, dug his heel into Fred's plumb sides, and went galloping around the paddock. Gee up, you silly fool, he yelled. We are at the races. Can't you go any faster? No wonder you can't jump. Your stomach's nearly touching the ground. You're a nubby beast, you are. Ugly and fat. Then the, old, the other boy joined in, running behind, slashing at Fred with a thorny stick. You are pathetic, he shouted, as the donkey, sweating and panting with his old heart, pounding away like a great en- engine, lumbered round and round. Then, when they were tired of running races, they jumped over the gate and back onto the lane. Let's go and see Tarquin and Grey Prince, he said. They run proper races, these two. After they had gone, Fred limped slowly away, hid under the trees. When he thought about what the two boys had done, he wept. It was the unhappiest day of his whole life. What happens to Fred the donkey? Nothing. What happened to him in the story? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he lost his friend. Okay. Yeah. He felt lonely. Humiliated. Yeah. Betrayed. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about what happened to Fred? When you hear this story, sad, yeah, it's sad, isn't it? Have you experienced anything in your life that made you feel maybe similar to how, or, or the same as Fred felt? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. So we, we, what we want to do now is we want to go to the Bible and we want to read in Psalm 73. It's written by a man called Asaph. And we're not going to read the whole psalm. But Asaph, in the beginning, felt very similar to um, how Fred must have felt. And how we feel about when we read, when we hear this story. Because Asaph, he saw that proud and wicked people were doing very well. And they had gone too long for what they had. He wanted to be just like them. And they didn't seem to have any troubles. They, they, they were wealthy, they were healthy, they were strong. And 
Thus they were very proud and very arrogant. And isn't that a little bit how Fred felt towards Tarquin? And, you know, how can we see that Tarquin was very proud in, in the story? How can we see that? Second? Yeah, he didn't talk to Fred after he won the races, yeah. What about when he said when he when he said what his name was? Or, or where his name comes from? It's it's the name of a king and he was very proud about it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean he was very proud obviously about winning the races and, and all that. And you know, then then in Psalm seventy three uh, Asaph goes on to, and talks about the many bad things that come out of the hearts of these wicked people and how, how stubborn their hearts are and how, how hard and how they laugh at others and speak badly about others or, or even abuse, you know, abuse them. And, and to me that describes very much the two boys in the story as well who, who abused um, the poor old donkey. And Asaph basically concludes this section of Psalm, the first section of Psalm 73 by saying, I, you know, thinking about all this, I was very upset and, and very dis- disturbed. Do we feel upset when we hear what happened to Fred? How, how the two boys, for instance, treated Fred? Yeah, we feel upset, don't we? And we, we, we read the verse... The first verse in uh, verse uh, 17. It troubled me until I entered God's temple. Then I understood what will happen to bad people in the end. Well, what, what did the temple represent in the days when Asaph wrote this song? What do you think? That's where God is? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So basically he went, Asaph went to where God is. And, and um, what, what do you think that is for us today? I mean, obviously we don't have a temple anymore, but what, what, what's similar? What's the equivalent for us? Prayer? Yeah? The Bible? Yeah? And even, even church, like today, when we are together with other believers. Uh, it doesn't have to be just church, but just when we are together with other believers. And what happened when Asaph, when he went there? I'm not sure whether it was Asaph, but you know, the person he's describing in his psalm. What, what happened when he went there? He understood? What did he understand? Okay, yeah. So basically his, his per- perspective started to change, didn't it? Why, why do you think that was? Yeah, he started to appreciate, okay. Because he started to look at God in a way from, from you know, comparing, stop comparing himself to all the other people. 
and he started to look at God, yeah, and what he had with God. Uh, let's read uh, verse 23. But I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. Who is he talking to here, Asaph? Yeah, God. Right. And what does it mean that God holds his right hand? He takes care of him. Yeah? He leads him. Yeah? Protects him. Okay? Loves him. Yeah? Do you think that God wants to take you by your hand when you're upset and sad? Yeah. Absolutely. And what, what does have, need to happen in order for somebody to grab you, to take you by your hand? Yeah, you have to be close to that person. Otherwise, you know, it's hard to hold my wife's hand because I'm too far away. Even though we were rather close, but we're still too far. So, you have to be close. That's correct, yeah. And, and that's exactly what Asaph did. He went to God, as we established uh, before. <clears throat> you give me wise advice and guide me. And when I die, I will take, you will take me away into the glory of heaven. Where can we find God's wise advice today? The Bible. Yes, absolutely. And, and we also read here in this verse that God wants to be with us forever in heaven. How much do you need to love somebody in order to want to be with them forever? Want to be best friends forever? Very much, isn't it? So God must love us very much in order to want to be with us. To want to have a friendship with us forever. And I don't have anyone in heaven but you. I don't want anything on earth besides you. My body and my heart may grow weak. God, you give strength to my heart. You are everything I will ever need. What do you think he wants to say with that, these two verses? God is his life, okay? So that we, yeah, Mama? He will do anything to do to be with God, okay? Yeah? I mean, it's pretty radical what he says. I don't have anyone in heaven but you. I don't want anything on earth besides you. Is that what you can say wholeheartedly? I don't want anything on earth besides God? For instance, your Christmas presents, you want to bring them to the front maybe and I'll take them home? No? Well, okay. I think his point here is really in, in the end, you are everything I will ever need. That's, that's his main point here. Um, that that his, his conclusion, in, in, when, when he really soberly assesses his, his life and, 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 and kind of takes stock and you know, he looks at all the things that other people have and he gets very upset and frustrated. But then he looks at, you know, I have God. I can be close to God. And that's everything I really need. But because God loves us so much, he gives us even more than that. He gives us other friendships, relationships, he gives us things. 
uh, in our lives. I, I mentioned Christmas presents before. And what we sometimes make, the mistake that we as humans sometimes make is we make those things, our relationships, more important than God. And that's why we have to go back every day to, into God's temple or God's word and prayer to remind ourselves that God is everything we really need. And even when we feel lonely like Fred, we can be happy because we know that God is with us and we have God on our side. But I'm close to you and that's good. Lord and King, I've made you my place of safety. You know, Asaph, the man who wrote this psalm, he is in a different place in his heart now. He is somehow at peace. He is, sounds much different than when we started in the beginning, where he was upset and frustrated. And why do you think he is all, he's calm all of a sudden? Why do you think his heart changed? A little bit louder. Yeah, yeah. So he has a godly perspective, and he he spent time with God, didn't he? So he he basically he he he's close to God, like Derek was mentioning before. He he's, he's on God's in God's arms, and he knows everything is okay because he can be with God. We I want to as the worship team comes up. Uh, to lead us in, in the last song. I want to uh, read the second part of the story. I don't want to leave you uh, with a sad ending. I want to give you a happy ending, okay? Who likes happy endings? Uh, good. I can't stand movies with an unhappy ending. Oh, so frustrating. Anyway, are you ready? Good. Oh, here he is. Okay. But one morning, soon afterwards, William paid him a visit. Come on, old chap, he said. You're needed down in the village. Who needs me, Fred thought sadly. He was ugly and old and fat, and he had a great big head and a loud, harsh voice. He was useless, just something to make fun of and throw stones at. In the village, they stopped at the school. Lots of children were rushing about in bright rows. Hello, Fred, someone shouted, and one of the teachers gave him a carrot. Then they helped a little boy onto his back. He was dressed all in white, and he had a long black beard made out of knitted wool. On his head, he was a crown made of shiny gold paper. My name is Tom, he told Fred. I've got the best part in our play. I am Jesus. The children were going to act the part called Palm Sunday. It was about the wonderful day when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. Hosanna! Praise to Jesus! All the people had shouted then. See, your king comes unto you gentle and riding on a donkey. The beautiful words made Fred's heart almost burst with joy. That was about him. They walked slowly down the village street. All the children ran ahead, waving green branches. Hosanna, they shouted. Hosanna to the son of David. 
people doing their shopping looked up and smiled. One lady ran out of the fruit shop and gave Fred an apple. Another came out of the grocers with some sugar loaves. So many people wanted to stroke him. What a lovely donkey, they all said. Look, he's carrying Jesus. And Fred gave a great ear for sheer happiness. <laughs> he forgot that he had been lonely, laughed at and beaten, chased round his fields till he could go no further. God had remembered him, and God must love donkeys very much. He decided to, give, to have given them such an important job to do. Today, it was Fred, not Tarquin or Grey Prince, who was carrying the King of Kings. It's great to be back in Birmingham. Well, honestly, gosh, I've forgotten how cold the king is. <laughs> the kids were in, they're sitting there, they go, oh, dad, my feet are frozen. I said, now you won't complain when we have air conditioning on in church and you can walk outside and it's 41 degrees. You know, but we're warm inside now. Hearts, also stand as we sing, Lord, reign in me.
Yeah.